How many of you had a good Thanksgiving? Amen. Isn't God good? Wow. We are so blessed to live in this country and be who we are and just sometimes are you just overwhelmed by the goodness of God in your life? If you're not, then my goal today is that when you leave here, you will be overwhelmed with the goodness of God in your life. You know, um, the Thanksgiving holidays are like all holidays. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I'm going to take a little side trail to help understand what I'm talking about here. <clears throat> you know, um, there is a, the spirit part of us and then there is the fleshly part of us and the fleshly part of us is the part of us that relates to the world and 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 once you become a christian and your spirit is enlivened your uh sanctification your growth in christ is really about you learning how to discipline your flesh so that the most of god's spirit can move through you right and so like i've said before you you know christians who don't do a very good job of this and they always say hateful things and they never want to give money to anybody and and they're, and they're unkind and it's not that they're not god's children it's that they've never like disciplined their flesh to allow the spirit to spill out because without a fleshly part of us then our spirits can do nothing on the planet Planet, right? I mean, if your body dies today, your spirit can do nothing to help anybody on the planet. If your mind, if your emotions were to die today, they'd just have you in a hospital on life support and your body would just be breathing maybe, but you would have no effect on the world. We need the fleshly part of us for the, for the excellent treasure to work through. We got that? And so, I mean, like holidays, they have a flesh to them too, right? They have a sort of the, the traditions and the meals and the, the, the family get together and it's just like anything else if we get excuse me if we get caught up in the fleshly side of things we lose the spiritual side of things and I want to get back to the spiritual side of things uh, so that we don't lose what Thanksgiving is really all about and and the purpose of Thanksgiving and uh, you know Thanksgiving is an official holiday right there's an official date and uh, um, it's always on a Thursday here in the United States and it may change in other countries but Thanksgiving wasn't invented by the United States. And a life of being thankful is scriptural. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, the Bible says that give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you. Right? So, like, give thanks in a brand new car. Give thanks in an old car that's barely getting there. Give thanks on the bus if that car falls apart. Give thanks with your favorite meal. Give thanks... If all you've got is uh, uh, ramen noodles, right? How many of you ever had ramen noodles? Some of y'all like them. I know. I know, right? Amen. Um, and, and give thanks in all things because, it, and this is kind of to the heart of what we want to share with you today, is God is worthy of our thanks. Amen? Uh, there, there's, there's something that you need to understand. <clears throat> we think of life like when you're born, there's sort of a baseline. Like everybody gets air, Everybody sees the sun go up. Everybody enjoys a joke. Everybody pretty much has someone in a family member, a friend, or someone they can call. The, people think that this is the baseline, and we need to go up from there. But I want to tell you, the truth is that none of those things exist apart from God giving them to you directly. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So every good thing you ever experience even the air going into your nose right now. And I mean, you don't think about breathing, do you? 
And, and, and if you ever do think about breathing, breathing, it's hard to breathe. Have you ever, ever just tried to think about your breathing and you get conscious and now you're breathing too much and too fast or too slow? Uh, but we don't even think about the breath we breathe. But you, if you take God out of your life... There is no breath for you. There's no sunrise for you. There's no love for you. There's no enjoyment at all. There is no, it isn't like you arrive in life and there's a baseline and then God starts giving from there. Just the fact that you have life is a gift from God. Can you say praise God to that? Which is why uh, it's so frustrating when you see people that don't want to thank God uh, because, you know, what has God done for me? Uh, Well, take him out of your life. And you'll realize what he's done for you. Amen. I want to read a a story and get to kind of the heart of what it means to be thankful and how that we can be thankful. And this is in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 17. You can go home and read this again later. In verse 11, it says, while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. This is talking about Jesus. As he entered a village, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. Now, leprosy was a disease that was common in the Bible. It was fatal. There was no cure. There was no treatment for it. And it was very contagious. So you were, you were told by the law that you had to live outside the camp. And if you came anybody near anybody, you had to yell out loud. Like if you were a leper and you were walking and some people were walking along the road, you had to yell, leper, leper. You had to let them know that you were contagious and leprous. So it was a devastating diagnosis to get. It was not compassionate. It was, it was a devastating diagnosis to get. So he entered this village, and ten leprous men stood at a distance, met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he had saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, where were there not 10 who were cleansed? But where are the other nine? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. So, so let me just kind of paraphrase this story here. It's like there's these 10 lepers. They come across Jesus. That's a story unto itself right there. Jesus is near. Amen. He's he, in the crossroads of your life. You'll catch a glimpse of him from time to time. And he wants you to engage. Him. He wants you to say, master, have mercy on me. That's exactly what they did. And so Jesus tells them, he didn't say you're healed. He said, go, you show yourself to the priest. Now, why do that? Because it was part of the law that when you were somehow miraculously delivered from leprosy, there had to be proof. You would go to the priest. The priest would check you out and he would either declare you clean or not clean. Clean meant that the leprosy was gone. Not clean or unclean meant that you were not healed. So that's why Jesus is saying, look, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, he's saying, take it for granted because you ask me, you're healed. And while they were on the way, they were cleansed. They took a step of faith. They were headed to the priest, and all of a sudden, the, the, the scars, the, the, the hurts, the pain, the whatever afflictions they had and the symptoms of it began to disappear. Praise God. And, and as it disappeared and they were on their way, they had to have realized it, right? Not just to look at each other and themselves, but to feel it. 
to feel in themselves the difference in their lives. Thank you, Jeremy. That, that somehow, wow, I don't feel tired anymore. You know, they might have gone from dragging along to skipping along the way and just feeling so good. <clears throat> but what happened? Nine of them just kept going. And one of them stopped and went back to Jesus. He had to take the time to say thank you to the Lord. And, you know, before we get on the case of the other nine, let's just be honest. A lot of times we do the same thing. We get so thankful or so engaged in what God's given us, we forget to acknowledge the God who gave it to us. Come on. Amen. Are you with me today? Sometimes we even think it's our own selves. You know, it was my hard work. It was my smart decisions, right? It was, it was my, my great leadership. It was, it was me, and I earned this, and I got this stuff, and that's a dangerous place to be right there. And, and, and you know, these nine got, they had to have been excited about being healed. Their life has now changed. They can, they can not only live and not worry about dying, they can get involved back in society. And what a wonderful gift Jesus gave them. And think about it. The good things that Jesus has given you are so wonderful. I mean, I think of uh, loving, wonderful parents, amen, Uh, a loving spouse, kids, grandkids, right, church family, a car to drive, a job to have, amen, Uh, uh, money uh, to to buy things with, and and just how incredibly blessed we are uh, to know Christ, to know that any moment in our lives we can just engage the living God of the universe right here in our spirits and and that he loves us so much that he overlooks our faults and picks us up when we're down. I mean, God has just been so good to us, and yet it's so easy to just go through the rhythms of life and just keep moving forward. We get so wrapped up in how good things are, enjoying the things, we forget to stop and go back and give thanks to Jesus. But I want to I want to give you three ways today that you can practice being thankful. And let me tell you something, you're going to have to practice. Because being thankful isn't necessarily a natural trait. Um in fact, I I find that most people, even myself are this way is that when we are blessed with something, we tend to put that in the pile of okay, I got that. Now what else can I get? Mm-hmm. It's like some of the richest people in the world were gathered together one time and, and some was interviewing them and a journalist was interviewing them and, and he asked them, he said, well, how much money is enough money? I mean, look at all the money y'all got. How much money is enough money? And one of them spoke up and said, just a little bit more. And that's ex- kind of exactly how we are, right? We can always focus on what we don't have to the point that we're not grateful for what we do have. We can, we can always get so, there's always one more thing you can buy. How many of you know that? I mean, have you ever gone through that, I'm going to buy this last thing, and then I'm going to start saving money? That's a lie from the devil, because there's going to be one more thing you got to get. I mean, they always come up with a new phone, and a, you know, a new this or a new that, and you just got to have one more thing, right? And uh, we're all guilty of it. We can get so... Uh, get our focus on what we don't have, that we don't thank God and treasure the things that we do have. Amen? And so I want to look at this guy's life and give you three things. Number one, 
is if you're going to be thankful, you've got to put some effort into it. It takes effort to be thankful. It takes effort to be thankful. First of all, you've got to stop what you're doing. This guy was headed somewhere, and he had to stop. Sometimes you just need to stop so that you can assess where you are and where you've been and how good God is in your life, and you can begin to take an account. Now, if you just are running through life 100 miles an hour, you will miss opportunities to stop and reflect on how good God has been to you. Amen? You know, if I, I'm not much of a guy on regrets, and so I, I don't have a lot of those. If I go back in time, I would change this. But, but I do have one. If I would go back in time as a young man, I would be more present and thankful. I would stop wishing I had more money and more of this and more of that. I spent too much of my time trying to dig into what the future had for me that I wasn't appreciative of where I am now. <clears throat> and, and Kathy and I, we, you know, we struggled with money and we struggled with old cars. And I mean, I, we, had, we, we went through what a lot of young adults go through. And <clears throat> we thought it was hell. I thought it was hell. I mean, I thought it was hard. And I look back now, Gary, at these at young people that are going through the same thing, and I'm like, oh, you're in such a great place in life. I wish, you know, I wish I could, I could go back and be thankful for, like, you and your wife struggling through your young 20s and 30s and building a life together. There were so many wonderful things that I missed out on because I wasn't present and thankful for where I was. I was always looking somewhere else. If I would have just stopped more often and taking time to recognize how good life is. Amen. And, and, and listen, it, there's different stages of life. I mean, like, yeah, some, you know, when you're young, you think you should make as much money as someone who's 50 or 60 years old, but that's kind of ridiculous. They work longer than you. And, and you know, when you get old, you look at these young people and you think, well, I, I used to have that kind of energy. <laughs> Can't even tie my shoes without, you know, uh, having a back spasm or something. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like that saying, you know, when I, what I miss about being young is I can sneeze without hurting myself. Amen. Uh, but there's always good things about every stage in life. And, 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 you know, you can focus on whining about what you don't have today, or you can be thankful for what you do have today. Amen. You might not be able to run a marathon at your age, but you might be able to help somebody with some money. You might not be sweating over the rent. Come on. Amen. You can be thankful for where you are today. But you've got to stop and reflect. Pay attention to where God has brought you and what he's giving you now. Amen. What he's given you now. Somebody tell me something good God has given you. Quickly. Gary. Diane. I mean, you don't deserve that. I mean... We all wondering why, Gary. Shelter, that's good. Somebody else, what has God given you? Stephen. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Brent. Huh? A house. Amen. A job. Karen. Come on, somebody dance with me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful because I got moves. <laughs> Shut up. Y'all quit that. <laughs> God's been so good to us. 
How about if they take your shelter? How about if you no longer have uh, a house? How about if your car disappears? How about if, how about if uh, all of a sudden you're, all of the worldly things and people around you were gone tomorrow? What do you have to be thankful for? Life. That's so good. Amen. You know, as I get older, sometimes I just look at the, the sky and I'm like, another day, another day. Praise God. What else? If y'all, everything else was gone, what else do you have? Joseph. Comfort. Amen. Amen. Pops. Oh, I know. You don't deserve her either. <laughs> <clears throat> I work alone. I don't need any help from y'all. <laughs> Ivan. Amen. Praise God. To get together with God's people. Just to, to know Jesus. To know Christ. To know, I mean, that thing. People, what is the, Paul said, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that's in you. What's the hope that's in you? It, it's not based in stuff. It's not even based in health. It's not even based in, in like the 24 hours a day in this life. It's, it's, it's based upon I am in relationship with the holy God that will last forever. That when Jesus said, even though you die, yet shall you live, he was saying that, look, there's something I got for you and it's forever. You are my eternal child. And so if you have 90 wonderful years Praise God. If you have five horrible years and you go to heaven, come on. There, there's that thing that can't be taken away from you. That's the hope that's in you. And so the, the religion part that says serve God because he'll make you rich and give you stuff. Well, that works well as long as you, you're making your money and you have good stuff. Come on. You know, it's like the, I heard a TV preacher. I actually went to see him live, and he, he, he was a famous television preacher. You'd know his name if I said it. And, and he, he was talking about how people gave him money and gave him an airplane and gave him this and gave him that. And, and, and that's all wonderful and good. I don't discount that. But what, I was, what came to my, my mind was the average person, you're a preacher on television. Of course people give you stuff. They know who you are. People probably give me as the pastor more stuff than they give you. And if my faith is based upon how much stuff I get, that's not really scriptural faith. I mean, I don't see anywhere in scripture where the disciples were pursuing riches. Do you? I don't either. I mean, they, they considered their lives as tools to be poured out for God's glory, let alone their possessions. Amen. I'm not saying God wants you to have a vow of poverty or anything like that. I'm just I'm just saying if your faith is based upon whether God's good to you, uh, the economy can affect how you think about God. That's pitiful. Your company can affect how you think about God. That's pitiful. Whether you blew too much money last week can affect how you think about God. That's pitiful. It, the deeper thing in you is that me and God are one, right? And, and we have something that cannot be taken away. So Paul said, I have learned to be content or happy in every state I'm in. He didn't mean Hawaii and Alaska and Texas and California. He meant in any condition. I have learned to be rich. 
I've learned to be poor. I've learned to be healthy. I've learned to be sick. I've learned to have things go my way and things not go my way. And in all of these things, you can't take the hope of the joy that's within me away. It is my relation with Christ. Now, we can just kind of get moving along through life so fast that we're not even paying attention to that. That's why God wants you to stop sometimes and reflect on how good God has been to you. And that takes effort. You're going to have to turn the TV off. You're going to have to stop talking on the phone. You're going to have to get off Facebook and Twitter. You're going to have to stop and just think. So, I mean, we don't even know how to do that anymore. Let's be honest. If we go to the bathroom and we're going to be in there for a while and we forgot our phone, what do we do? (laughs) You go back and get your phone, don't you? I mean... (laughs) At least you're calm, <laughs> right? These young kids will never know what it's like to try to read a paper in the bathroom. Or, what are these magazines doing in here for? Because there weren't any phones back in the day, right? I mean, we don't, we don't know how to stop for a moment and just think and just let the Holy Spirit remind us of how good he's been to us. And we need to learn to practice that. And, and, and take the time to just stop and look at your wife and your kids and your family and your home and, and your car and, and the good things God has given you and, and even the challenges. I mean, like, you're, you're a child of God filled with His Spirit. You're designed to overcome. So, like, challenges to you aren't mountains, they're hurdles. And when you're a hurdler and you look at a row of hurdles, you don't get frightened, you get excited. Oh, I wish you could get that. When you're a hurdler and you see a row of hurdles in front of you, you start to get excited because that's what you do. You jump over things. Amen? And and so being thankful is going to take some effort on your part. Second thing I want you to realize is that he had to open his mouth and say thanks to Jesus. It takes effort, one. It takes expression. If you want to thank God, it's good to feel it in your heart, but you need to express it to Christ God wants you to speak out loud, first of all. Say thank you. How many, when's the last time you said thank you to God? Think about it. When, praise God. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, that ought to just roll out of your mouth constantly. Thank you, Jesus. Go to bed saying thank you, Jesus. Wake up saying thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. So grateful for who God is and what he's done to us. But there's other ways that we can express thanks to God. Other ways that we can express thanks to God. So let me give you an example. If, if February rolls around and the IRS sends you a whole bunch of money, what's the first thing that comes to our mind? It's like, I'm going to give me a TV. I'm going to give me an Xbox. I'm going to give me a new phone. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pay off all my credit card bills so that I can... Fill them back up again. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to me, me, my, my, my. And one of the ways we can say thanks to God is giving to other people out of what God has given us. Amen. I mean, like if Jesus healed you of leprosy, wouldn't you go find every leper friend you ever made and say, you got to find Jesus. You got to go find Jesus. That's what do whatever he says to do. But you got to find him. Come on. Uh huh. If if God blesses you, can you bless somebody else with a little bit? It, that's a measure of thankfulness to God. It acknowledges where it came from. It acknowledges that God's last supply 
or God's past supply is not God's last supply. In other words, what God give you, this is not the last thing you're going to get. God's got more. Amen. The cupboards are full. And, and, and if you give this away, God will bless you with even more. Amen. It's a measure of saying thankfulness. Now, can you think of other ways that you can express thankfulness to God? Not easy, is it? Anybody else? That's good. Spend some of your time. Call somebody on the phone. Encourage them. Spend some time helping them. Take them to the doctor. You know, do something. You know, we can never lose that scripture that says, if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And when you say to Jesus, I want to do something for you, God. Well, your answer is go find somebody, the least of these, his brethren, and go do it to them. Because when you do it to them, when you feed them, you're feeding Jesus. When you help them, you're helping Jesus. When you love them, you're loving Jesus. Right, Stephen? Wow. Praise God. That's good. I mean, I mean, like if you're thankful for your home and you know someone who doesn't have a home and you go help them, I mean, that's a form of thankfulness. Like you're acknowledging that God's blessed you and you want to share with other people. I mean, there are ways to express your thankfulness to God. And the, the, the methods that you do come from the motivation of your heart, right? So how you live, like if you're genuinely thankful in your heart and you're stopping, taking the time to acknowledge what God has done for you and thank him, ideas will come to your mind. Opportunities will come before your eyes for you to express thanks to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it's going to take effort. It's going to take expression. You've got to actually express it for it to be thankfulness. And three, it's going to take humility. You know, when... (laughs) When he came back to Jesus, he didn't like, you know, fist bump. Hey, awesome dude. I'm going to head out now. The Bible says that he fell on his face before Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the most humiliating prone positions there are is to be flat on your face, right? I mean, like you really have to be humble to do that. And that's what I want you to understand. To be thankful means you need to be humble. You've got to humble yourself because it is acknowledging that it wasn't you who got you this. Come on. It wasn't you who got you this. Uh, And 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 I'm afraid there are a lot of Christians that suffer from a lack of humility. And uh, you ever know somebody is arrogant and kind of got their nose in the air and you're a Christian, you love people, but you'd like to just smack them in the head. Come on. I don't, I, don't, I don't condone smacking people in the head, but I also want to tell you, you're not very far from God because the Bible says that God humbles the proud. So, so when we start getting arrogant, God's response to that is, let me knock you down a peg. Uh-huh. I, I know... <laughs> 
I know some young preachers. I, I try to help and encourage young preachers, and every once in a while you'll come across one who's cocky, that if all of you just old people get out of my way, I could just tear the world up, and I think the prescription for you is failure. You're, God's going to lead you through some failures because that's what you need. You need to realize that you're not as great as you think you are, and you need to come to a place where you are like, God, whatever you want from me, I'll learn from anybody. I'll listen to anybody. I want to learn. But, but until you reach that place, um, God will knock you off your high horse. And um, <clears throat> the reason for that's so true, so pure and simple and that is, God doesn't want you taking the credit for what God has done. Amen? Which is why when we get back to, like, even the air I breathe, I didn't earn. I mean, it all comes from God. Just, like, so, just having that deep revelation that God is responsible for every good and perfect gift that I've ever received before came from him and it's humbling and when we come before the lord and we come before people we should have that mindset and that attitude is is you know people will when you're on the mountaintop people will come to you and they'll say man you are just killing it in life you're just you're so talented you just got it all you do so great on your job and your marriage is so great and and it's in those moments that you can start to believe that kind of stuff you know how you can recognize when you start to believe that you're actually responsible for that, for the good in your life? It's when you start looking at others and you start getting judgmental. Like, well, if they would just work as hard as I do and if they would just make good choices, it's when we start getting judgmental of other people that we can kind of recognize that we're giving ourselves credit that really belongs to God, right? It's like we feel like we're all that and we're, 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 we're special. And, and, and God doesn't want us having that kind of mindset because how many of you know that like money is a great example because we place so much of our self-worth on how much money we have here in America. <clears throat> but you get older, you start to realize that I know people who work very hard who have a lot of money. And I know people who work very hard who don't have a lot of money. It has nothing to do with how hard they work. I know people who are very smart who make a lot of money. I know people who are very smart who don't make a lot of money. It's not always about you causing the goodness in your life. Amen? And, and sometimes people make choices that mean they don't make as much money. Mm-hmm. And our worth isn't tied to those kind of things. It shouldn't be as God's children. And so if you're making a ton of money, and I'm happy for you. If you're not making a lot of money, but you're getting by, I'm happy for you. And can I tell you, some of the most loving, giving people I know don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest givers in church uh, don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's getting real in here, isn't it? A form of humility is to look at the world and say, even when I'm blessed, even when I feel like I'm doing good things and working hard and making good choices, it's really God's blessing on me. It's really God's goodness, and I want to acknowledge it and be humble. I want to, in a spiritual sense, and maybe sometimes even in a physical sense, I want to get down on my knees before a holy God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for every good thing you've 
given me. And it's, it's not tied to my self-worth, Lord, my money's not, but, but I thank you for what you've given me. And if I lose it all tomorrow, I'm still going to thank you, God. I'm going to humble myself before you and acknowledge that every good thing comes from you. Amen. Amen. So I want you to do this this morning. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to recognize a couple of simple things. How many of you want to be happy? I have to ask, you know why? There's a saying, misery loves company, right? It's like some people are miserable and they want you to be miserable with them. It's like come to my party and let's have a pity party and let's feel sorry for me and everything that I'm going through. People can be exhausting. I'll be honest, there's, there's been people at church in the past that, that I didn't ask how you're doing. Because I wasn't interested in the pity party. Come on now. You know one of the keys to happiness? Be thankful. You see, when your focus is on everything you don't have and everything that didn't go right, you forget to pay attention to what you do have and the things that have gone right. How blessed you are. How good God has been to you. Come on. You want to be happy? Take some time to stop and just thank God for where you are now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not only does does thankfulness unlock happiness, it unlocks more of God's goodness in your life. So, like, why would God give you more if you don't want to acknowledge or thank him for what he's given you before? So, like, maybe you're due for some more blessing, like greater revelation, more finances, a, a, a boost in your job, a, a health a, a healing in your body, whatever. Maybe you're, you feel like you're due for that, but something's closing the door. Something's keeping it from being there. And it could be that you just simply haven't been thankful for what God has already given you. Uh huh. It's, it's, it's like if you if you are so unthankful for your job uh, because your boss is an idiot and you don't make enough money and they don't pay me enough and that's not my table. Why do I have to do that? And they always call me to come in early. Well, well, you know what? You could be unemployed. You could be you could have no money coming in. So so maybe be thankful for the job you have and let that affect your attitude at work. Well, I just got in your business now, didn't I? Preacher, I want I want to be I want to be kind on Sunday. Let me be myself on Monday. <laughs> how about how about we just try to be like Jesus every day? Amen. I know it's not easy. I always say, you know, uh, I try to be Christ-like, but sometimes the world just don't let me. Right? Um, it's not always easy, right? We don't always do it the way Jesus would have done it. But like, if you're thankful for what you have, it changes your attitude about things. You're not, you're not whining all the time and complaining. You may still want more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more so long as you are ex- thankful and accept and appreciate what you have today. So maybe you're not getting, maybe God is, he's got the door locked and all you've got to do to open it is just be thankful. To stop, take some time, uh, 
take account of your life and just begin to be thankful for what God has done in your life. And when you do that, you'll, the happiness will begin to flow. The attitude will begin to change and the job opening will come up or the, the health will start getting better. You'll start sleeping at night or the sadness will go, whatever it is, just being thankful now for what you have can open up greater blessings in your life in the future. So I want you to do this with me. Uh, I want to take some time just in, in silence and I want you to just kind of Stop and reflect on what God has given you and how good he's been to you. And just, if you have a piece of paper or a phone you take notes on, just maybe write down some of the things that you're thankful for. If you can't write or type or anything, then just think about them. Just in your mind, just go through how good God has been to you.